Our Socceroos preview, thanks to Paramount Plus. Don't miss everything. Socceroos, Matildas and A-League games, of course, live on Paramount Plus. And the Socceroos are in action in a few hours' time. 1 a.m. Wednesday morning Eastern against Palestine uh, in Kuwait City. Uh, Broski, before we look ahead to that game, uh, they played, of course, the first game against Bangladesh, uh, one by seven goals to nil. Largely expected that they mm-hmm. would get the points. Uh, Jamie McLaren back in a second-half hat-trick off the bench. Uh, Mitch Duke with a couple. Harry Sutar again. Uh, what did you make of, of the performance against, with the greatest respect, pretty limited mm-hmm. opposition? Look, it was, but I think um, the way Bangladesh set up to play surprised me. I thought they were just going to sit back and try and play for a nil or draw. I I don't think they came here seriously believing they could win. And and really, those teams need to be trying to minimise the damage when it comes to Australia. They didn't seem to come here with any really intent to sit back. So I think that played into our hands. It was an open game, um, allowed us the spaces we needed to play, to play our combinations, have chances... The first goal obviously calms the nerves as well. We're up 1-0 after four minutes. Um, and I, I think it was just a training session, basically, from there. You know, everything that Arnie would have wanted to get out of the game, he did. Um, his strikers scoring goals, which is what we were hoping to see. So, really, that's a, a perfect as start. That's well, isn't it? Because of course it is. I think that's been the question about the Socceroos. Where are the goals going to come from? Mm. And, OK, it's Bangladesh. But scoring goals breeds confidence for strikers. They live on that. Of course, and it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You're wearing the green and gold and, and that pressure's there to score goals and it doesn't matter who it comes against. You, you, you're right. The, the, the confidence that would have come from that. And look, I do think the game tonight will be, uh, it will be different. I think it'll be more of what we're used to, teams sitting back and, and we've got to find ways to, um, to break them open. Um, so really, the game against Bangladesh to, to start with, perfect. Uh, Tim Bob, back in Perth, has texted us, 0457 736 736. Uh, and Tim Bob says, I find it a little concerning that the so-called sportsman city of Melbourne can't sell out Amy Park for a Socceroos game. A crowd of 20,000 is two-thirds full, and using the excuse of small-time opposition doesn't carry much weight after Perth turned out in force repeatedly for the Matildas a month ago. Now, I have to say, this conversation is starting to irritate me a little bit. <laughs> it's not a competition, first of all, between the Matildas and the Socceroos. Uh, and I also remember back in 2006 when the Socceroos were the flavour of the month because they just qualified mm. for the World Cup first time in 32 years. We all remember it. And they got 96,000 for a game against Greece. Everybody wanted a piece of the Socceroos. Now it's the same with the Matildas. Totally understand it. It's brilliant for the game. Mm-hmm. But the long term is what matters. That's the concerning part. Not and whether those fans are yeah. going to turn up to watch the domestic yeah. game. Yep. Now, we've, we've seen a little uptick in terms of the A-League women, which is great, um, but it's nowhere near, in my opinion, where it should be. You saw in the FA Women's Super League at the weekend, 43,000 watching a Manchester derby. We are a long way from mm. that. Um, so I would like to see some spillover, um, and I think this constant comparison of the Socceroos and Matildas is actually pretty unhelpful. Yeah, I, I don't tend to see it that way. I don't think it is is comparing. I think it's more just okay. Well, if they're getting that many, and again, it's not it's not the Matildas versus the Socceroos. Yeah. It's just well, that appetite is there for international football. The Matildas are selling out, you know, three games in one week. Socceroos are playing over in Melbourne. Why aren't they selling out the stadium? And I get it. It's not a it's not a, a you know game with a great opposition. But the Socceroos used to. You're right sell-out matches, didn't matter who they were playing against. And, and I think it more just highlights the football fan community that, you know, when someone's the flavour of the month or when there's a big occasion, they'll show up, otherwise they don't. And, and that's 
on football as a, as a code to do better, to get them there more regularly. Okay, let's uh, look ahead to the game against Palestine and uh, let's hear from uh, Martin Boyle now, of course, he's back in the squad. He missed the trip to Melbourne uh, just to make sure that he was okay after that injury, but he has joined up with the squad in Kuwait and uh, Boyle's been talking about what the Roos can expect from Palestine. Yeah, obviously we're expecting a tough game as we always do. You know, they're there in the right to play and you know, we'll, we'll do the video analysis on them um, since the group's all together here. Um, we'll identify their weaknesses and hopefully we can break them down um, as, as best as possible. But yeah, ultimately we, we want to win the game and, and, and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, I'd imagine they will. You know, obviously it's an international stage, they'll be representing their country anyway, but obviously things that are going on just now are not ideal um, for anyone. But yeah, obviously we're expecting a, a really tough game. You know, at the end of the day, it's ultimately one that we, we want to win and, and you know, they'll, they'll be fighting as well and they'll, they'll want to win ultimately as well. We will uh, talk a little bit more about Palestine in a moment. Um, in terms of what the Socceroos will face, Broski, how will this game differ from the match against Bangladesh? Aside of the obvious, obviously there's the travel to deal with. Um, and I know Graham Arnold gave them a day off uh, so they could see their families after the Bangladesh game, which I actually think is a pretty good yeah. thing. I think that's good man management. Uh, but a team that will almost undoubtedly set up in, in a pretty low block to mm. defend. And, th and that will be the challenge. I, I wonder if Arnie was expecting that the other night. And you look at the fullbacks that he had in Miller and Boss. It was obviously with that intent. We've seen Boss playing a bit higher up the field. It was with that intent to, to create options out wide, to allow um, you know, the guys that are inside, Goodwin, Metcalf, to come in and the guys to go overlap. At the end of the day, getting balls into the box is going to be difficult. So I think it needs to go wide to the byline cutbacks. Arnie's good at, at working that out. And I think that's the biggest challenge. So, I mean, again... It may come down to some set-piece goals to open them up a little bit, but it, it might be a frustrating night where even if it's 1-0, 2-0, they don't really come out, they don't give us much, and it's just going to be us keeping possession and trying to find ways. But I, I think Arnie and, and the squad that he's got there and the players that he's got more than capable of um, you know, finding some cracks. Well, if uh, set-pieces aren't to be the key, then Craig Goodwin could be the key man. Uh, let's hear from the current Alweda winger. Of course, he's uh, playing his club football in the Middle East at the moment, so this is sort of familiar territory for him. Uh, he's talking about that recovery process and uh, the journey to the Gulf. Yeah, not too bad. Um, obviously, it was nice to get, I guess, that little bit of extra time um, of recovery after the game in Australia and then had the flight over. Um, the chartered flight had some massage on the back of the plane, which was interesting with the setup there. But yeah, it's, it's gone well. Yeah, definitely. I think um, obviously we're, um, I think a lot of us are well equipped um, with experiencing um, these kind of campaigns and the atmosphere that we'll um, obviously have um, in a few nights time. Uh, but definitely it's going to be, I think, a very hostile environment for us, which we, like I said, we're experienced about. But it doesn't change our, our game plan and our mentality. And and the way that we want to play and you know we believe that we should be you know qualifying um, for this World Cup directly and and you know it's a, another step towards that and putting in a really good performance and having that ruthlessness like I said. 
Yeah, look, obviously we're very understanding of the, the scenario um, and, and what's transpiring, um, but I think the, the biggest we, uh, respect that we can give to them is, is to take it um, as every other match and, and to have the same mentality. Um, like I said, you know, we are understanding of, of everything that's, that's going on and obviously it's uh, tragic um, with everything that's happened, but you know, at the same time it's a, a World Cup qualifier and we have to go into this game um, looking to win and put in a good performance. And as I'm sure you've heard, the Socceroos have uh, decided to donate some of their match fee to uh, humanitarian efforts uh, through Oxfam, I think it is, um, against the, uh, the, the problems that are happening in that part of the world at the moment, which is absolutely tragic on both sides of the equation. Let's hear from uh, the Palestinian point of view now. Of course, this is a big game for them as well. Uh, interesting comments uh, this week from Basil McDardy, who's a Palestinian journalist who's based in Europe, uh, speaking on the Asian game, hosted, of course, by our very own uh, Paul Williams, among others. Uh, and he's talking about the logistical difficulties uh, faced by the Palestinians. When there was the outbreak of war, you really, you really assume the worst, right? And we have a lot of the scar tissue from bygone campaigns that were scuttled because the Israelis don't let you travel. You have to withdraw. I mean, Palestine's 2010 World Cup campaign was over before it started because the team couldn't couldn't travel. Uh, so they played one game undermanned against Singapore, couldn't even play the return leg because the um, the Israeli authorities wouldn't let them travel outside of Palestine. So, you know, having lived through that, uh, I feared for the worst that, you know, not just the players, but the coaching staff themselves, who were also in the West Bank at the time, wouldn't be able to get out. Um, the positive uh, aspect from all this is that the FA, in coordination with also the Jordanian FA and Prince Ali, managed to get the border open for long enough and get the players out. Um, there was security coordination there to get all the players and the staff to the border and get them across the border. So by the time they take to the field against uh, Lebanon in the U in Sharjah, in the UAE, on Thursday night, it will have been over three weeks since uh, they've gathered in Jordan and then the training together. They're playing the games in Kuwait, which to me strikes me as a rather peculiar choice. There was the story that first came out that they're actually going to play in Algeria. I think most people expected Jordan to be to be top of that list. A, was it a surprise for you? And, and what kind of reception are you expecting the, the Kuwaitis to, to deliver for Palestine? Kuwait is a bit of a surprise. It wouldn't have been the... The, the option I would have gravitated towards naturally. Um, I think this is kind of a failure of leadership. The AFC is the type of is the type of governing body that makes up rules as it goes along. And um, the fact that it is dominated by uh, West Asian FAs, the fact that our FA president Jibril Jabril could not lobby them in order to make an exception to have us host our games in Algeria is really a failure of leadership. I, I get the reasoning that it's not on the Asian continent and, and, and all that, but it really shows that the people who are running football in Palestine haven't really figured out how to, how to play the game. Now, that said, uh, many nations came forward and were ready to host us. My information is the reason why uh, the FA soured on Jordan is because uh, the fans of what is considered the Palestinian team were very active in chanting uh, at their games during this time. And some of the chants that they have sung have been directed against the Palestinian Authority and against um, the president, Mahmoud Abbas, known as uh, Abu Mazen. 
And uh, what you need to know about Palestinian football is that the uh, FA president, Jibril Jouf, has ambitions to become a president of the Palestinian Authority one day. Kuwait, let's see. Um, you know, I've spoken to some people there. They said they're going to try and arrange for people to come out. But, you know, the kickoff of these, of these games doesn't help. I, I think it's you know, 5 p.m. local time in the middle of the week. So it, it's going to be tough to get a to get a sizable number. So I think we're losing um, any semblance of a home advantage by playing in Kuwait. And our thanks to the Asian Game podcast for allowing us to use that audio. Interesting stuff. Uh, Broski, final point on this before we head off to the break. This is a stadium that Australia are familiar with, the uh, Jabba al Ahmad. They played four qualifiers there during the COVID restrictions back in 2021. Um, despite all the emotion around what's happening with, with Palestine, You'd imagine Australia would be too good and get the three points. I think so. And look, I, I think as well that Arnie realises the um, you know everything that's happening as well. I mean, we just heard about logistically how difficult it is for them, and and just how this will bring that squad together. I think Arnie, in letting the players as well see the families, that that's a that's like you said there about the man management side of thing. That, that's getting that emotion back into this squad because it will be a different um, a different side that they're facing um, under different circumstances, but. I do think it will be probably not as comfortable, 7-0, but I still 3 or 4 will be, will be where it sits, is my opinion. OK, thanks, Broski. Uh, that was our Socceroos preview. Thanks to Paramount Plus. Every Socceroos, Matildas and A-Leagues match, of course, live only on Paramount Plus. And a reminder, tomorrow morning, Socceroos against Palestine, 1 o'clock Eastern.